Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. If you are just discovering Faith Radio, welcome. Nice to have you uh, listening. And I know there's so many people that have their radio set to Faith Radio that it doesn't budge, which is great. You listen all, all, all the time. So that's wonderful. A big thanks to Dr. Glenn Pickering. Uh, what a fun hour we had with him. I'm really excited to uh, talk to Dr. Uh, Ed, Edward T. Welch. He's written a number of books. The one I have in my hand is called A Small Book for the Anxious Heart. So I'm um, very excited to uh, get him on the program, and I've got a million questions. So I think my best advice to myself would be to uh, take my 60-second break and then bring on uh, Ed Welch. If you dream of becoming a published author, take the next step to make your dream a reality. Meet one-on-one with a publisher, literary agent, or published author to get valuable feedback and advice about your writing at the 2020 Northwestern Christian Writers Conference, July 24th and 25th. Tickets are on sale now, and for the month of January, get 20% off the full ticket price. Find out more and register online today at NorthwesternChristianWritersConference.com. Reminding us where our hope is found. With all your heart. This is Faith Radio. Welcome back to the show. So glad to be having Dr. Edward T. Welch on the program. Uh, I don't know where he's been hiding. This is phenomenal stuff. And I'm looking on his website and his list of books and writing, and I cannot wait to meet him. Ed, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much, Bill. It's great to be with you. Yeah, let's all walk through your, your bio together. You have a PhD in uh, neuropsychology? Correct. Yes, and you've written a whole bunch of very interesting books with very interesting titles. And you've well, you, in- get old, you get old enough and just sort of <laughs> things mount up over time, I guess. So. I guess so. But you've been counseling for over 30 years, and uh, of course that there's no, there's no uh, substitute for the, all that great experience. Yeah, and, and I've, I've loved... I've loved all of it. I've I've certainly appreciated the people I've had opportunities to speak with, and I've learned so much from them, and it's been an honor to meet with them. So, yeah, I, I suspect I'm a counselor first. I'm also an educator and do some writing on the side. Yeah, and your uh, your website, uh, Christian Counseling and CCEF, what does that, the EF stand for again? The, the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. Perfect. Thank you. I knew you would know it. Um, <laughs> and I love your variety of books and articles you've written. <clears throat> it just seems like um, you have really tapped into what so many people struggle with. Um, and this little book I have in my hand called A Small Book for the Anxious Heart. I promise, Ed, there are so many people that want to know what's in this book. I, I've, I've often reflected on the, the question, is anxiety and fear, are they worse now than they were? I am guessing that in some ways they are, 
it's, it, anxieties and fear are more visceral for us in some ways now. We feel them more. But I suspect, I remember reading a book back in 19, 1960s called The Age of Anxiety. And I suspect somebody could write that book every 10 years and it would be accurate. Mm -hmm. So so we're talking about a perennial issue of the human heart and, and the human experience. Mm -hmm. What about anxieties we've had in the past and, you know, the ways we dealt with them in the past may not be working for us today? Go ahead. Say a little bit more. What, what, are you, what are you thinking, Bill? Well, I mean, you just talked about that you could have that book written every 10 years. So I'm thinking the anxieties we had 20 years ago are certainly different maybe than the ones we have today. Although there's probably some core anxieties that, you know, are, are we going to be enough? Are we going to uh, uh, be taken care of? Are we going to have what we hope we want in life? All this stuff. Uh, these seem like they're fears and anxieties that maybe never go away. What about losing yes. loved ones? What about this? I mean, it goes yep. on and on. Yeah, there you go. There, you're, you're identifying these core anxieties, and those are, those are core throughout human history, and Scripture certainly specializes in them. Fears of, of life and death for our own life and death, fears for the health and life of those that we love. That's certainly, certainly a, a constantly a, an issue that we grapple with. I guess the second category would be fears that have to do with our reputation mm -hmm. that's not that's it's not a it's not a modern problem it's it's in the new testament it was probably just as just as prominent as it is now and and i suspect the our fears of reputation are probably connected in some ways to our fears about money and not having enough for tomorrow so those are the those are the prominent fears and there are all kinds of new wrinkles over time, and certainly the Internet has created a few new wrinkles to our fears. Yeah, and Ed, I don't think you know where the, the landmines are. I mean, you, you make one misstep, and then you've got some Twitter feed that goes viral, and the next thing you know, you don't have a job. Our lives are a bit more public now, absolutely. Yeah, they really are. Um, so when we talk about an anxious heart, and God's very specific about us not wanting, him not wanting us to be anxious, um, sometimes that's it's easier to read than it is to implement in your life. <laughs> let me, uh, I'd be interested in your questions on this. Let me, let me go at it this way. It's, it sounds like a command. Don't be afraid. Right. Don't be anxious. Right. And, but here's the curiosity of that. We're, we're so familiar to those passages in scripture. Well, we say, okay, that's the way it is. But this is, this is odd. I would never say that to another human being ever. I, I, I've said that to my children probably before, and I've said it to my grandchildren. You, you don't have to be afraid. I'd probably say it a little bit more tenderly than that. <laughs> but we would never say that to a human being and expect them to all of a sudden change. And so, so it, it's, it's odd that we wouldn't be more shocked by this command that comes out of Scripture. So it, it is a, it's a weird one, there's no doubt. But, but I, think, I think here's what's going on. This is in the command form, but, but when we understand the context of these do not be afraid passages, the, the Lord expects us to be afraid. He expects it. To be a human being is to be familiar with, human, with, with fears and anxieties. He expects it. And, and if, there's, if there's a hidden message in it, it's something like this. You don't have to be afraid because I really am with you. And and, 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 and it will end well. It, it's something like that. Maybe, maybe to use another example, Jesus speaks to a, a widow who is crying, and, and he says, don't weep. 
Well, we, we, we recognize very clearly that when Jesus is saying, don't weep, it's a kind of word of encouragement. I'm here. I'm going to do something. It's certainly not a command that says, stop weeping now or I'm out of here. So, so I would suggest, you know, I guess the question that we're grappling with is, is, is fear and anxiety, are they sin? And I would suggest when we read the passages, they are not. The scripture assumes Jesus assumes, our triune God assumes that we have fears and anxieties. The question is, where do we go? For example, Psalm 56, when I am afraid, when I am afraid, I will be afraid. And, and certainly you go through the Psalms and there's fear galore in the Psalms. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. That's, that's the challenge for us. But fear and anxiety, I know it can be, it can almost possess you in a way that you go, how do I get outside of this fear and anxiety? And um, you've got this gentle approach saying, no, just understand that's w- what's going to be part of human, the human experience. But God will be with you. Um, but I'm just looking for a, a way to maybe break out of the mold a little bit, Ed. The, if, I'm, if I'm following you in this, Bill, the... I ask questions the, um, poorly, by the way, just so you know. The, the, and I can answer them poorly, too. So, uh, <laughs> Perfect. So the, so, we'll, be, we'll be a good team. Uh, the, the good news with our fear and anxiety in and of themselves are not sin. Of course, you know, we're sinners, and there's sin that sort of sneaks in through everything. But, but as we read the very tender way Jesus speaks to our anxieties, it is not sinful. Well, the, that, that's the good news. The, the challenge is, well, uh, if it's sinful, at least there's something we can do about it. There's an expectation that we're going to change and we're going to be these fearless people. Uh, well, I think it goes more something like this. If our fears are an occasion to grow. And growing is, is different than changing. Growing is you're on the right, you're on the right path. And now you want, to, you want to be more and more of an adult whose faith goes from a little faith to a big faith. Mm-hmm. And, and so... So here off we go on this path where, where Jesus, Jesus speaks to us over and over and over again. It's the, it, it's the most frequent teaching in Scripture, it seems. And, and he speaks to us gently, and he's willing to repeat himself over and over again. And he's, he's willing to go back to the same old lessons. He's willing to entertain our questions. So if part of your question is, is can we grow can we? Can the fears and anxieties that we experience now, can we experience them differently in a year from now? And the answer is absolutely. And and absolutely yes, and, and or absolutely will, no. <laughs> absolutely. There's a poor yes, answer to my poor question. <laughs> absolutely yes, and it will okay. honor God as we as we grow to trust him more and more in the midst of our fears and anxieties. What I don't want to do is I don't want to in any way inhibit someone from speaking about their fears and anxieties to the Lord because they think it's sinful. And, and, and why bother confessing it? Because you know you're going to sin again in, in, in the next five minutes and the next day. And, and so why even bring this up if you're such a, if you're such a flawed figure? Mm-hmm. The, the critical beginning— and, and and really the the, the most important part of there there are two there I'd say there are two parts to what Jesus says to us. One is he says, "Speak to me. I know of your fears. I know of your anxieties. It is a world where there are all kinds of threats every single day. 
and speak me, speak to me about them. And and then if we go through the Psalms, you can almost hear the Psalms. You can almost hear the Lord saying in the Psalms, well, is it like this? Are your fears and anxieties like this? It's almost as if he's trying to give words to us and, and prompt us so we can, we can speak these things to him. That's, that's the, the way into Scripture, to, mm-hmm. to not, just, not just experience fears and anxieties. We all experience them. We don't have to look for them. They're, they're there. They're palpable every single day. It is, it's a significant step, however, to, to, to be aware of our, our fears and anxieties and to simply speak them to the Lord, yeah. to, to simply say, Jesus, this is overwhelming. I have no idea what to do. Help. Mm. That is, that's, we, we can say that that's, in some ways, that's the definition of faith. Faith is, I need you. I don't have the resources to deal with the threats that come fast and furiously in life. Ed, so far the wisdom is hitting on all cylinders. Let's uh, each take a sip of our uh, afternoon beverage. We'll take a short break and be back with Dr. Ed T. Welch. His book is uh, The Small Book for the Anxious Heart. We'll be right back. It's a beautiful Welcome back. Dr. Ed T. Welch is my guest. His book is called A Small Book for the Anxious Heart, and I've uh, got a copy, and I put a bunch of names uh, for a drawing, and I pulled the name out, and it turns out I won. So uh, I'm going home with the book tonight, which makes me very happy. It's a great book. So, no, I'm serious. I won. I, 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 um, I'm going home with it. So when I think, uh, Ed, about fear and anxiety, and we all suffer with it and deal with it, um, what passage of Scripture has been meaningful for you in your struggle with fear and anxiety. Yeah, let's see where do, where do I start? Yeah, exactly. Let me. You got to have uh, us, you know, um, bookmarks in that Bible of the, yours. Yeah, let's go around a bunch of different scripture, but the the one right now, if you as you ask the yeah. question, would probably be Psalm one twenty one, and I don't have my Bible in front of me to quote it, but it's a Psalm of ascent. It's the it's the pilgrims leaving Jerusalem after, after a feast, uh, after one of the, the, the mandatory feasts. And, and one of the pictures is, is the, the God who is this ever-present help. And, he said, and, and, and the, the singers of the psalm say that he is the shade over our right hand. And, and, and you know, here in, in, in Israel, it's, it's a pretty hot sun, no matter when you go. And, and for somebody to be the shade over you is, they have to be really, really close. Excuse the illustration, but I have to squeeze my granddaughter in here. I have, oh, go ahead. have a bunch of grandchildren. And, <laughs> and we were at, a, we were at a, a boring soccer game. I shouldn't say it was boring. It was, it was a little kid's soccer game, which, where you look at these, watch these herds go after some ball. And we were on the sideline, and, and the, the sun was shining right in our eyes. And, and uh, I, I have these big hats, so I brought this big hat, so it wasn't bothering me. But she, she was really struggling. She was four. She's really struggling to see, and she wanted to look to see her siblings playing, and it was real hard. So I, 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 I said, Lucy, come over here, and I, w- I was sitting in a chair, and and I wanted to cover her. I wanted to cover her in shade, and to cover her in shade. I had to wrap my arms around her. I had to have my head right next to hers. We we had to be so close. 
And of course, for me, what a privilege to be able to watch my watch my grandkids with my granddaughter all yes. cuddled up uh, around me. Well, it's Psalm one twenty one is. It, it, what does the Lord say to us as we call out in our fears? He says, "I am with you. I am with you." And and Psalm twenty one is is one of the images where He's with us. He He is so close that that He casts a shade over us as as we're walking on the way. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the one I'm thinking right now. I love it, that. Yeah, I just booted up Psalm 121, and I will focus on that again tonight when I go home. Um, I love the way your book is laid out. Maybe you could tell our listeners kind of how it's laid out. I mean, it's um, it's daily meditations. Yeah, Bill, it's, very, it's generous of you to say you like the way it's laid out. It's The, the easy part is it's laid out in 50 hopefully succinct meditations very and my thinking my thinking there is that that fear our, our tendency with our fears and anxieties is we would like some sort of pill even if it's a piece of scripture and eradicate our fears and anxieties for the day but that's not that's not the way we grow there's a kind of perseverance in the way we grow and and, and the book is mapped out to help us in that kind of perseverance where we read a little bit today, and we build on that tomorrow and the next day. And the next day, we maybe read it with somebody else. We read it together because if you start talking about your fears and anxieties to another person, they're going to match you blow for blow. They're going to have the same <laughs> kinds of fears and anxieties. Yeah. And so, so that's that's what I'm thinking. The the other part of it is 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 the the entries. If you read them straight through, they might seem sort of thrown into the stew where where they don't follow this linear direction and and I blame the psalms on that because when you read the psalms they don't seem to to follow a particular linear direction but when you dig a little bit deeper there is a kind of movement in the psalms and and so so even though they all seem to be thrown into a mixer and they you know they come out randomly from 1 to 1 to 50 there, there is a kind of method to it. Um, for example, if there's, if there's something that is really hard one day that we're talking about, perhaps fears that come from the past, I, the, the next day we might just rest on, on a psalm that, that encourages your heart. To, and, and the psalms actually do this. Some of the, the most difficult psalms, they're surrounded by psalms of, of rest and, and worship. So they seem random, but but there is a kind of method to the madness. Mm-hmm. And Ed, I got to say, uh, each each little um, day and entry feels like there's a scalpel in your hand, but it's the scalpel in the hand of a skilled surgeon. That's what it feels like to me. I mean, just for example, I'm on day six, and if I may read just a little of this, day six says, your past can shape your present worries. Start with any painful or difficult events that continue to affect you. These include physical assaults, life-changing accidents, they can also include less physical disruptions, such as a betrayal, anger expressed towards you, a memorable rejection. There are some past events that seem more influential with time. I mean, you just you, you just start nailing it right away. And and um, yeah, thanks, Bill. I why do I try to nail it? I I, I, I really I'm just trying to I'm trying to imitate scripture where. Where the Lord knows our hearts, and you know, again, that psalmic idea, where 
he you know, the psalms are the anatomy of the souls and they 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 speak on our behalf they capture our experience and they and they draw us in and as christians who care for one another we're we're trying to do the same thing um so thank you i appreciate that yeah i, I mean uh, and I'm certain a lot of people come into your office and they want to talk about how their past is affecting their life today because they're they're living with something from a damaged past which is still causing a lot of suffering and you know that's it's a big job you have it, it it's yeah the, to to do that in my own strength in in my own wisdom I you know I couldn't imagine doing such a thing right. but but um, but to have confidence that that the Lord is concerned about us, past and present and future, and and especially when He talks about fears, He's He He is He, he reminds us that He talks He's concerned about the very details of our lives, and the you know the famous passages in Matthew chapter six would you know don't be anxious where He says I'm I'm concerned about the very details of creation these these day lilies that can pop up on the side of the road and, and they're gone the next. Well, there's a beauty in them. And, and the Lord has eyes even for, for those and the, the common sparrow and on and on. And what he's saying is, if I, have, if I have an eye for these things, don't you realize I care for the things that are important to you? And, and, and so, so, so I, I know that a person's past is important to the Lord. And, and he... And he is the God of compassion, and he will speak that compassion. That doesn't mean we always hear it right away, but he is happy to speak it. So, but Bill, to to run a little bit farther with that, I'll just I'll just say one more thing, and you can you can you can probe anywhere you want. Where in our past, the Lord speaks with compassion. He is moved by what what we have experienced. And, and oftentimes there's guilt or shame in our past. We can experience shame for what we've done, but we, ex- we especially can experience shame for what, the way we've been treated by other people. And here the scripture says so much about our shame and, and, and the Lord's coming and covering us, even with his very spirit. And in, in the midst of that story, in, in the midst of, of the Lord ministering to us in our past, he he does call us to the present and and this sort of this daily walk. Okay, how do I live wisely now? Mm-hmm. That's that's sort of the rhythm of the Christian life. As he's speaking to our past, he calls our attention to the present. And and essentially he says, I, I have a purpose in your life. I I have brought you to myself and uh, for a reason. And I've given you a mission and and so today, today, look for that mission. And it's, it's work and love, basically. They, yeah. They're the missions God gives us. Dr. Ed, uh, Edward T. Welch is my guest. A small book for the anxious heart. We're going to take a little break. We'll be back with uh, Ed and lots more in just a couple minutes. Back to the show. Dr. Ed T. Welch is my guest. The book I have in my hand is called A Small Book for Anxious Heart. 
And Ed, I'm looking at, uh, I'm, I'm looking in your book on facing fears and anxieties, and you say that it's sl- it can be slow because it's tied to our knowledge and of our and of our trust in the Lord. That kind of trust doesn't grow simply because we landed on an eye-opening passage of Scripture. Instead, God's truth must gradually become a part of us. Such wisdom. Uh, but it would be nice to have it another way, wouldn't it? Yeah, it sure <laughs> would. Nice. It'd be nice to have injected, but at the same time, if it was injected into us, we would we would call out to the Lord in the midst of our fears and anxieties today. He would wrap them all up and everything would be fine. And then the most human thing we could do to be poor and needy before him, all of a sudden we run off on our own self-sufficiency. So so it actually is a great system. It's a it's a system where where we are reminded each day that the world and its threats are are beyond us and and we need Jesus every every single day. So so slow growth is we we might occasionally want it differently, but it is a really really good system. It's it's a system that is intimate where he wants us to be walking with himself as as he walks with us. Mhm. Now Ed, my system would be, hey Bill, speak truth to yourself and that will reduce all of your anxiety. And that doesn't always work for me, even though I know that seems like the right plan. <laughs> it, 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 uh, it, it's a great plan. It's a great plan, but, but uh, you know, I, think, I think you're right. Our expectations are that, that we want to hear it, but that doesn't necessarily mean our anxieties are going to calm down. You know, they, can, you know, they can be rascals who, who seem to have a mind of their own sometimes, and we can speak to them all we want. Uh, but but they they might not be very quiet. But we speak to them all the same. We still do that. Mm-hmm. But if Bill, I, I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I want to go back to the past because you you raised that Uh-oh. you raised that one reading, <laughs> and maybe at some point let's let, let's sort of sneak back to that one because I think it's an important one. Okay, uh, which okay, one, which mind? one are you referring to? You read a you read a, a section from the book about how. How oh, yes. pains oh, yes. from the past, day, day six. from the past, day six. can can lead to to present fears. Let me. You might you mind if I I, I, I just think about that a little no, bit because during would, the break no, during I'm, the break you provoked me on it. And oh, good. Got me got me going. Good. Let me just let me just go back there for a second. It can go something like this. You let's say you you have been treated poorly, and there there infinite number of ways of being treated poorly. You're rejected by someone who's supposed to love you. Or, or, or you are treated disgracefully by someone who's supposed to love you. Your, your experience there is an experience of shame. Shame is an isolating experience. You believe that, that you don't want to be exposed before people, if you don't want anybody else to know your past, and you don't want God to know your past either. So, so you're living this life that is terribly alone. And to live a life that's alone, you are, you're guaranteed that fears and anxieties are, are, are always going to be part of your life. So that's, you know, that, that's how past shame can, can become present fears. And the most important thing, which is when I'm afraid I will trust in you, is, is the hardest thing because we don't, want, we, don't want the, we don't want to be exposed before the Lord. Let me, let me just give one other passage you, you sort of provoked me to think about, and it's Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 is, obviously, it's on the tail end of Isaiah 53, which is this beautiful picture of the gospel of Christ in the Old Testament. And, and here, here the, here's what happens when Christ has come. He 
Isaiah 55 is he invites us to a meal. And, and, and you see this invitation, come, come, you who are thirsty. Uh, and, and, and then he invites us again, come. And, and, and I think three or four times there, which is an extravagant invitation in Scripture, he says, come. Now, the big deal for that, for those who feel utterly unworthy and alone, is that, that the Lord invites us to come near to him, not because we're so clean and worthy. This is who he is. He, he desires that we come. This is this, is this extravagant you know, invitation where he speaks it as, as, as persuasively as he possibly can. He wants people, his people, to be close to him. So he says to people who have a difficult past, he says, come, come. Are, are you thirsty? Are you hungry? Come. And, and by the way, one of the greatest ways to honor another person in that culture was to invite them to a meal. When you invite somebody to a meal, you're saying, you're my people. Mm-hmm. You know, you're essentially saying, I am yours and, and you are mine. So anyway, I, I apologize for, for, for going into that. But, but your comment about how our pasts can have all kinds of reasons, one of them being, being things that were really shameful that we experienced. And here's just a little tiny sample of the good news that, that the Lord speaks to fearful people. Well, I appreciate you going back to that because I found it fascinating and I, I wasn't really ready to move on from there because you continue to say on day six, you can imagine what comes next. You become overly watchful, jumpy, and a bit angry as a way to keep people at bay. You live overwhelmed because you feel you are responsible when things don't go well and no one is trustworthy. So I'm just trying to figure out when you got a hold of my journal and started reading it. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of it's the topic. I, I just enjoy thinking about this so much because, because in in, in some ways, um, you know, we all have an assortment of struggles and problems. We all are familiar with fear and anxiety, and it just so happens that that the Lord reserves, I think, some of His most beautiful words to to those of us who who are keenly aware of our fears and anxieties. They're I, I am with you. That's what. Come, come to me and eat. What, what more beautiful words can yeah. you find? And, and then they're the ones he just says over and over and over again to us in, in the midst of our fears. Uh-huh. And then, Ed, you go on to say in still day six, the, uh, these are the ones that can shape present worries and futures. Old fears left unattended can leave you feeling like you have two minds. One hears what Jesus says, tries to find refuge in him and is part of a church community. The other feels alone and vulnerable, always guilty, always fearful. The, one of the things that, that that's suggesting is that fears, fears don't just sort of, just sort of drift off in, into the wind over time. They, they, you know, they, they sink their roots down deeper. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so I think what, what, what you're reading there is, in the midst of our fears and anxieties, do something with them. Take them seriously. Um, and if we find that we're in two minds, if, if, if for example, when, you know, similar to what you're reading, if, okay, Lord, I believe, but at the same time, I don't. <laughs> this seems too good to be true, or I don't know what to do with it. Uh, if we're in two minds, 
that's really important. And, and to be able to even speak that to the Lord, mm-hmm. to be able to simply say, Lord, here's, here's what I read. But frankly, sometimes it doesn't seem to make any difference whatsoever, <laughs> that my fears seem to speak more loudly than you. Yeah. To, that's, you know, that, that, that's not the, the only thing we say, but, but at least to, to be able to say that to the Lord is saying, we believe that this is really important. And, and then it, it, can, it can set us up to, to talk to a friend and, and to, to be able to say those same things to a friend and then ask, could you pray for me? And then I guess the question is, how can they pray? One, one way would be, could you pray that I would believe whatever it might be. <laughs> this particular passage, these words that Jesus says to me, that I would, I would believe them. My faith would grow and grow and grow and have more confidence in what he says. Another thing we could say to, to another person is I'm stuck. I'm, I'm stuck in my fears and anxieties. Uh, how do you deal with yours? To simply, to simply uh, it, you know, talk about these in the context of our yeah. community is, a, is, a, is, is another place we can, we can travel with folks. Well, if you're stuck, you don't want to appear stuck either. You want to feel like you're listening to God and you're making progress, and it's hard to admit you're stuck. The I went to a church recently, a a, a large church, where where people had enough money to to make themselves look good, and and for years, this I, I've, I've known this church and people in this church for years. That's what happened. Nobody ever talked about their struggles. But but something is happening in this particular era, where where more and more of us are willing to say, of course, this is this is what it means to be human, to to not be able to identify our fears and anxiety. That's a problem. <laughs> There's something wrong with us if we're if we're not aware of them. So so I, I think we do find an opportunity right now where everybody's talking about fear and anxiety. We 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 assume that we struggle with it. So it gives us it gives us more freedom, I think, to be able to speak openly with one another. And Ed, you're also encouraging l- listeners to speak in a very in a very raw way to God. I mean, kind of in an unfiltered, raw way, which is very helpful, I think. Now there's there's you know words that would be too raw for us. Why have you forsaken me? <laughs> right. You know, not you know not too many not too many of us would say such things, but. But this is scripture, and and the Psalms are intended for us to speak to the Lord there, and, and to speak with each other, uh, and and to say, Lord, where where are you? Would you listen? Would you would you open your ears to me? Why have you forsaken me? That's those are words that that the Lord Himself invites us to speak. The what He does though is. Is, is we're invited to speak, there's this almost this kind of dialogue in the Psalms where the Lord says, speak to me from your heart, and Lord, why have you forsaken me? And, and then, he, then he speaks to us. Uh, remember, remember my faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, can you see how I was faithful yesterday? And, 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 and then you know, consider, consider what Scripture says. You know, he who gave up his own son, do you think he's going to, to abandon you now after making such great sacrifice to call you to himself? So there's a kind of implicit dialogue in the Psalms where the Lord says, okay, you know, speak, 
speak in, in speak from your heart, however raw it might be. But let's keep at it. Let's let's continue the conversation, and and that's where instead of just having a little slice of a psalm that we that we speak, we we want to make an entire psalm our own psalm, mm-hmm. and the, the psalms ultimately move to this place of rest and and even praise. Yeah, Ed, is there any reason you you might not speak your heart to the Lord? Well, I'll throw it back to you in a second, but, okay. but I can think of, it, well, maybe put it this way. It's, it's not natural for us to speak to the Lord. It is just plain not natural. It's not natural for us to speak to the Lord about anything. <laughs> um, okay. uh, we, we, we can't see him. We, we can't touch him. It's, it's not natural for for us to be able to speak from our heart to the Lord is is evidence that we belong to Him. This is this is the very work of the Spirit, yes. um, and and so so in that sense, there and there's there's nothing we would say to the to the Lord that would be easy and and natural. It's it seems easy to say these things, but it's the work of the Spirit and. And it's um, it takes practice to be able to speak these things openly from our hearts to the Lord. What, Bill, what were you thinking when you when you asked that? Well, um, I'm going to ask it after the break because I need to go to break right now. Uh, but let's just do that in 90 seconds. Uh, Dr. Edward T. Welch is my guest. His book is called A Small Book for the Anxious Heart, Meditations on Fear, Worry, and Trust. Take a short break and be right back. I'm joined on the studio line by Dr. Edward T. Welch. His book is called A Small Book for the Anxious Heart. And uh, Ed, right, right before we went to break, um, you had asked me about why someone may not want to pour their heart out to the Lord. And it just occurred to me as I was asking the question that maybe we're just so conditioned by possible human-type disappointments that pouring our hearts out to God says, Okay, here I am, Lord, with all my troubles and fears and anxieties, even though Scripture tells me not to be any of those. Yeah, and, and that's, where, that's where for us to have that starting point as the Lord invites us to speak these things. He, he's asking us to. Uh, that's, you know, so that's, that's a critical starting point. The other, the other is for, for us to recognize that, indeed, we've, if we've ventured in human relationships to speak more openly from our hearts. And I have a, I have a friend who, I, who calls the things in our hearts this fine china of life. Well, if we've given the fine china of life to other people, uh, yeah, one out of every two people will, will drop it and it will shatter all <laughs> mm-hmm. over the place. Uh, and what we know about the Lord is that he wants to be close to us. He's, he's not playing hard to get. And and, and we certainly know that as we call out to him, he never turns away, ever. He never turns away. He, he, he always hears our cries. That's, that's, you know, those are bare essentials as we, as we know who our God is. 
He, it, 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 with our fears, you know, we, you know, I dare you to find a rebuke in Scripture when, when, uh, when people speak about their fears to the Lord. He, he responds with compassion. Mm-hmm. And how often is the gap between feeling filled with anxiety and going to God in prayer? Do we sometimes try to control the situation ourselves or be proactive or, or say, you know, I can figure this out. And then all of a sudden when things get worse and anxiety gets more, you start to then go, ooh, I better put this in God's hands. You know, there, I guess part of the question you're asking is, what does growth look like? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, that's way and better. It can, take, it, can look, it can look all kinds of different ways, but, but if I... If I look at growth in my own life, it would it would probably go something exactly what you're saying, where there are fears and anxieties, and I first of all I worry about it, and as if, and sometimes I think worry is I'm trying to immerse myself in the future possibilities so I can I can prepare myself for them. So so that's I, I want to manage my world. My world seems out of control. And I can't trust anybody else to manage it. And so I, I, I strategize and I try to think of ways to manage it. And, and after 24 hours of trying to manage my world, all of a sudden I realize, oh, I, I have a God who cares about these things. Jesus, help. And, and then, you know, maybe a year later, in, instead of saying Jesus, help 24 hours later, maybe it's three hours later and maybe it's an hour later. And, and, and there might even be times when, when, when anxieties are especially overwhelming where we say, Jesus, help, even, even in the moment. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that gap, that gap you're identifying, that's, you know, that, that can be one of the things that, that we set out for now where we're saying, I want that gap to be shorter. Uh, if, it's, if it's two days, I want it to be one. If it's if it's one day, I want it to be a handful of hours. So that's, that's a great way to identify growth. Mm-hmm. This might be a general question, Ed, but um, repentance and forgiveness, how does that relate to a reduction in anxiety? Anxieties are not sin. We, we don't find the Lord rebuking us in our anxieties. Uh, the, the question, where do we turn in our anxieties? Uh, do we do we manage the world our way, or do we do we simply cry out as as a child of the living God and say, Lord, Lord, help? Um, I, I think, Bill, what you're saying is is as human beings, if we, we're always looking for opportunities for repentance, that's you know you, you can never go wrong with repentance. It, well, I, I should I should qualify that. We can we can go wrong with repentance if we feel like we have to live in the spiritual doghouse, um, you know, to you know, to, before the Lord will accept us. Mm-hmm. Repentance that that ends with Jesus, thank you. Um, there's always room for that kind of repentance. I'll, I'll speak personally. I I would say that that in the midst of my own anxieties, the the repentance would be, Jesus, forgive me. You are with me. And you love me, and you speak to me, and I don't even speak to you about these things. You're the shade. You're the shade on my right hand, and and here I am, trying to trying to figure these things out in my in, in my own mind, as if there's nobody else I can turn to. Jesus, forgive me for such things. So so I I do find 
I do find that for myself there, you know, there's, there's always opportunities for repentance. And, and then how does Jesus respond? It's, he, he delights him. Any, anything that, any, any time we draw closer to him, he's just delighted. And, and repenting of my own tendency to, to try to figure my way out of things, uh, repenting of that and saying, Jesus, I trust you. That's, that is that brings great pleasure to our God. So, so in that sense, there's you know there's we don't want to speak against repentance. Uh, we we were always looking for those opportunities, uh, but but don't but don't repent because when Scripture says don't be anxious, you're still anxious. I don't I don't think that's necessarily a place where we we repent. Okay, I appreciate that. Uh, what about maybe a, a action step, something, one thing we could do maybe even tonight that would let God know that we're, we're trusting in him for some of the hard things in our life? Maybe a fresh approach. Mm, well, let me just think of a, a couple different things. Uh, I'll think personally. Uh, tonight, I, I can, well, I'll have dinner a little bit later with my wife and and I can pray one of these passages that we've spoken of. I can pray Psalm 121. I can pray Isaiah 55. So that's, that's one thing. Uh, second thing, I can ask her, any fears and anxieties that, that, you, that you experience today? Uh, so that would be, you know, there would be some things. Um, the, the, another would be to say, okay, here's... Here's where the Lord is taking me. The fears are sometimes living in the past or the future. And, and he says, today, today. How can you seek the kingdom and his righteousness today? And so, so another way, even, even this evening, we could, we could, we could sort of take a, take a bite out of fear is, is, is to consider what is, what is our mission? What, what, what is our calling that that the Lord gives us. He, he calls us for a reason. He, we represent him on this earth. So what is our mission? So, so to be able to think really concretely, what, what does he have for me now? Mm-hmm. And, and the, the basic idea there is, and I, I do write about this a little bit in the book, that, that he, he's saying, I will care about tomorrow. And he's, he's saying, if you, if you start thinking about tomorrow, how can you not be anxious? How can you not be anxious? Uh, I will care about tomorrow. What you do is you live in the grace that you have received right now. And, and, and so what, what is your calling right now? And so today that might mean, uh, for me, frankly, it might mean to clean, this, clean some of my clothes off my chair in the bedroom. <laughs> that would be that would be a way to deal with my fears. Instead of racing off into tomorrow, I can say, well, what is my calling right now? Well, I told my wife I would take some of my clothes off the chair that I use as a, as, as a closet, and, and I can put them away. That, that they don't seem related, but it's, it's just sort of thinking very simply, what, what, is, what is my mission right now that God calls me to, and he gives me grace to do it? Mm-hmm. Quick cleaning tip, and this is free. The more clothes <laughs> that are on the floor, the less vacuuming you have to do. Just thought I'd throw that out. All right, Ed, we've only got a minute left. And I'm just wondering, do men and women process fears and anxieties differently? I know men got an, men generally have an anger issue that sometimes they have to navigate through to reach uh, their fears. 
Uh, thank you. I, I think you just said it well. My my own observation is women, when they talk among themselves, they are willing to speak of their fears and anxieties. That's, I think women just tend to be more open with the struggles in their heart to each other and, 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 and also, I think, to the Lord. Men, there is this sense that we to, to be strong means to be able to manage our world. So there's not as much authorization for men to speak about those things. And, and I think you're right that, that for men, fears and anxieties are, are submerged under anger. What is anger? The world isn't going the way I want it right, to go. Right. And it just, it's saying the same exact, exact words. I mean, the world seems out of control. And it, it just has a slightly different attitude as, as it speaks it. And I think, I, I think you're exactly right, Bill, for men to... To, to hone in on where do I get frustrated, where do I get angry, and and how is that a reflection of my own fears? And and for men, perhaps for the first time ever, to be able to tonight say, Jesus, help me, mm-hmm. help me. My world seems completely out of control. Yeah, Ed, I practically insist you come back on the show. <laughs> Would you do that? Life. I enjoy thinking about these things. Absolutely. Oh yeah, sure. yeah. It's just been great. That's all the time we have, unfortunately. Dr. Edward T. Welch has been my guest this hour. A small book for the anxious heart, Meditations on Fear, Worry, and Trust. Ed, thank you so much. look forward to having you back on the show. Thanks, Bill. You bet. That wraps up our show. Thanks for listening, supporting Faith Radio. Just love you like crazy. I hope uh, you had a, have a good night when you lay your head on that pillow. Know that God's working out his great plan in your life. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.